Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan Tripp. Today, my podcast guest is Stephen Guntley. Hi, Steve. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm mad at you for making me watch that movie, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm in I'm in good spirits. I'm surprised to hear you say that just because it's so much better than what I usually watch. <laughs> I mean, it, it that's I'm sad for you if that's <laughs> this one was rough for me. I don't know this. <laughs> I it, this one hit on a lot of different tropes that I find particularly annoying. And uh, it, so I don't know, maybe this was just kind of a personal bugaboo for me. But yeah, this one was rough. <laughs> so what was the movie that we watched? Uh, so we watched a movie called When First We or When First We When We First Met. I, I keep writing it as When First We Met. I think it is when, when First We, first we met. met. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's definitely one of those two. <laughs> it's one of those, but it's it's. Uh, hopefully, we watched the same movie. Uh, it, it was. Uh, uh, it stars Adam Devine and uh, uh, Alexandra Daddario. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because I uh, saw the girl's face and I knew I'd seen her in things but I couldn't think of what and I'm like she has one of those faces where it looks like she probably playing high schoolers in slasher films and then I looked her up and apparently she was in um what was it it was Halloween or no Texas Chainsaw 3D she was in which I did not see but I definitely called that she would definitely be in a movie like that. <laughs> and I, I will confess, she is like my big celebrity crush. Like, I think she's one of the most beautiful people alive. But I also think her appearing in a movie is not necessarily a mark of quality. She kind of tends to be in some bad projects. Um, and I think she's very, very talented. And I think, you know, I, I, I do think like she's just waiting for the right vehicle to really like showcase her skills. But uh, this one is not it. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she's still in the early days of, uh, you know, just putting herself out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Based on the rules I saw when I was scrolling through her IMDb. And this one isn't as, like, noxious as, like, uh, The Layover, the movie she did with Kate Upton with uh, William H. Macy directing. Like, that one was unwatchable, but uh, at least this one services her a little better. At least, well, I mean, not even really, because in this one she's, she has no character traits nothing nothing she's she's and she's the girl (laughs) it made me kind of realize that like i generally don't like romantic comedies when they're from the perspective of a male character because they tend to fall into these uh really toxic nice guy tropes and all of the women are just props, basically. You know, they don't, they're not allowed to have personalities of their own or like journeys of their own. They're just kind of there waiting for him to figure shit out. It's Manic Pixie Dream Girl action the entire time. And it's very irritating to me. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's somehow even less interesting than a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, though, because she's yeah. not even manic. She's just like nice. That's she's her just, main characteristic. She's nice. Yeah, she's a nice, <laughs> pleasant girl. It's That's great. No, nice it's good to be, to be nice. nice and pleasant. But uh, um, you know, if I'm going to be spending two hours with you in a movie, I think you should be more than nice. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want something more. Even like the the defining characteristic that she has early on, which is like that she likes a league of their own, winds up getting like the rug pulled out under it by the end. Like she hasn't even seen the movie. And, and like, she doesn't even mm, like jazz that much. 
which I mean, who likes jazz? Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think after this movie, I think anybody who complains about La La Land needs to be made to watch this movie. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, if you have it a problem with like La La bland white people liking jazz, at least like. At least in that in La La Land, I believed he really liked jazz, and it was weird for him to like jazz. And this one, everybody just loves it, and they know all this shit off the top of their heads, and they hang out in jazz bars. I'm like, no, you do not. <laughs> you are my age. I have never once been in a jazz bar. <laughs> uh, I guess we should uh, attempt to go over the plot of this as thin as it is. Hmm. <laughs> So uh, I took some thorough notes on this one, so I don't know. But uh, as okay. near as I can tell, this is the second Netflix original movie that's a ripoff of Groundhog Day. Oh. Because there, uh, there was Naked with Marlon Wayans. And I think this one is more, it's a, more of a combination of Groundhog Day and Bedazzled. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's got kind of that uh, careful what you wish for element to it. Uh but yeah, it's like wow, they're going back to that well already. And both of those movies yeah. came out like within a month of each other, I think, or something like that. So, and they're both after the highly superior Happy Death Day. So I don't know. <laughs> Gr- Groundhog Day is having a renaissance, except on Broadway, apparently, where it closes immediately. But I, I don't know why there are so many of this kind of movie. I don't know if it's just like. The format is so easy to slot different characters into, or I'm guessing because <laughs> I swear I that Hallmark has, like, either Hallmark or ABC Family or Ion or someone makes a movie like this every Christmas. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. My uh, my in laws are big fans of uh, Hallmark original movies, so anytime I'm home for the holidays, like that's what's on the TV in a loop, just constant, constant, like nonstop Hallmark Christmas movies. So, and then it feels like, yeah, you're living Groundhog Day. <laughs> exactly. I'm living my own version of this. Uh, I was kind of bummed to learn this is directed by uh, Ari Sandal, who uh, he, he directed the, a film called The Duff that I really liked uh, with with Mae Whitman. And uh, like, I, I don't know, I, I thought that was a really pleasant movie. And he's going to be directing the Goosebumps sequel coming out next month. And the Goosebumps was a, a, a movie I surprisingly liked as well. I did like Goosebumps, um, too. It was like yeah. more fun than I thought it would be. It was cute. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know if the sequel's going to be as good. I don't think Jack Black's even involved in that one oh, at all. That's a pity. He was really but, fun um, that. Yeah, so I don't know. It's So, yeah, this one already has a few things working against it going into it. Yeah, Alexander Daddario and Adam Devine are both, like, performers that I like uh, or want to like, but I haven't liked any of their film projects. And um, then also, like... This is a Netflix original movie, which has a real low batting average uh, for uh, quality. Yeah. You know, I could think of maybe like half a dozen of them that are uh, worth watching. And uh, this is not one of them. No, it is. It's watchable, but I wouldn't say you need to see it. No one needs to see this. (laughs) No, no, no. So, okay, so the movie opens in, well, pre- ple- yeah, present day, which is 2017, and uh, they it's at a wedding rehearsal dinner, and uh, Alexander Daddario's character, uh, her name is Avery, and she's initiating a toast, uh, kind of celebrating the day that she first met uh, her fiancé. And uh, we see Adam Devine in the crowd, and we think that 
you know, the movie wants us to think that uh, they're engaged or something, and obviously they're not. I mean, but uh, the movie wants us to think that. Um, so they flash back to Halloween 2014, and he's remembering the day that they first met, and it's a costume party. And his character's name is Noah, by the way, just because I feel like I'm going to keep mispronouncing his name. Is it Divine or Divine, or how is it pronounced? I assume Divine, but I don't actually know. Okay. So you're not in the Workaholics fan club. <laughs> no. Like, I, I recognize him from that, but I don't think I've ever watched an episode all the way through. <laughs> no, I don't think I have either, actually. Um, but I've seen him in a few movies, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'll, I'll digress a little bit, but I think the thing that kind of doesn't sit right with me with him kind of really gelled for me in this movie, and it's that he is exactly Jack Black. He doesn't have he doesn't offer anything that Jack Black doesn't except that he's like a little younger and a little more like muscular. He he usually plays like a pretty broad, goofy character, which is fun if he's like yeah. in the supporting cast. But as a leading man, doesn't entirely work. <laughs> No, no, not not quite. And I mean, again, maybe just waiting for some better material. But there were times where like there are faces that he would make in this or when he's singing. And I'm just like, God, he is exactly Jack Black. <laughs> they I don't know, like, I feel like they can't be in the same room together or like everything will implode like in Time Cop or something. Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know that that's so that, that didn't sit right with me. I'm just like, all right, he needs he needs a different shtick here. But anyway, so uh, we get their meet cute at a Halloween party in 2014. He's Noah's dressed up as uh, Garth from Wayne's World, and uh, uh, Avery's dressed up like Dottie Hinson from League of Their Own. And so they bump into each other and they bond over that. Those are both movies from 1992, so I don't know if that was intentional or not, but you know, continuity. Um, they bond over some cutesy banter and uh, they make some really unfortunate gay slurs because uh, you know she thinks that he looks like her lesbian uh, cousin or something and it's like uh, yeah. all right shut up already um and uh yeah so they bond they spend the evening together they get some like little touchstones of like oh look they're the drunk people are making out and falling in the pool and making out some more and um then we realize we reveal that he is actually a, a pianist at a jazz bar and he asks if she likes jazz and of course she does because why not of course who doesn't that was strange um, too because he asks if she likes jazz and she's like do i like breathing and it's like he met you oh 20 God. minutes ago why would he know that you like jazz <laughs> yeah that's a swing first of all and second of all you know what i will take breathing you know if, if given the <laughs> choice between breathing and jazz i will take breathing I don't relate to this character choice. Uh, so they go to the piano bar and she wants to hear Count Basie, which is like jazz 101, I guess. Like that's the one thing that we know. And he, he's trying to mention like, what has he been to Oscar Peterson or something? Like that's his more deep cut. I know more than you jazz choice. Um, I guess I hadn't heard of either one of yeah. them, but I mean, other than vocalists, I don't know any jazz musicians. Yeah. And I don't know. So it, they, he, he starts playing a uh, shout uh, and that's kind of the re the moment, like it really, really, the Jack Black connection really stood out to me because <laughs> that's like, man, I could hear Jack Black in this exact voice. Um, and most importantly, the most important fixture for the plot of this, uh, jazz bar is the old timey photo booth that's over in the corner. Uh, and they go back, uh, and they, they take some photos and it's real cutesy and she listens to the film developing and says, this is history. And it's, he realizes he's like in love with her. Uh, they go back to her place, which is huge and gorgeous, uh, even though this appears to be like that Chicago, right? Is it Chicago or is I it New York? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's definitely 
a big city it's in probably America. just Toronto, <laughs> honestly, but uh Probably. I was thinking maybe Chicago, but then there was nothing like specific to Chicago that yeah. gets mentioned. So then I was like, maybe it's just another big city and then but I stopped caring at some point. Usually in movies where uh, it's clearly filmed in Toronto, they they try and uh, have characters walking around in jerseys of uh, a different sports team or something, or like somebody's a big Eagles fan or something. And yeah, so that didn't happen here. So it's just kind of generic big city. But either way, I think you can assume that uh, this large house would be unaffordable for most people in a city. Yeah, especially if you're two college students that live there together. Yeah. It's just her and one other roommate, which makes yeah. no sense at all. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. And uh, so, yeah, she has a foosball table in there because she's a quote-unquote cool girl. Uh, and <laughs> that's her only defining characteristic is that she's nice and she's cool. Uh, and at this point, uh, I'm waiting for the reveal that she works in publishing because I just feel like every young lady in romantic comedies as some kind of publishing job. And uh, I will say, I'll give the movie credit. She does not work in publishing. She is a events coordinator for charities. Uh, so, and she has a framed photo of her favorite old person from one of her charities, like on the wall and everything like that. Uh, so they move into kiss and then there's a freeze frame and we go back to present day and shocker. Avery is not marrying Noah. Avery is marrying a tall drink of water named Ethan, who's uh, played by Robbie Amell, who is also in the duff. And uh, he, I actually really like him. I think he's very funny. Um, and uh, he's got a likable presence. And I think that's an, also the problem. Like if this is like the Baxter character or like the, the, I don't know, the character that we're not supposed to like, or like the handsome douchebag, like he's, he's way more likable than our lead. Like, oh, I, was, yeah. I was rooting for Ethan the entire time. Which uh, maybe is the point, considering how things end up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> someday. Uh, so Noah just starts binge drinking uh, Patron and champagne, and he winds up puking in the bathroom. Ethan and Avery come to tend to him. And this is where we meet Carrie. So she's a uh, slightly caustic photographer uh, who's played by Shelley Hennig, who I recognize from Unfriended. Yeah, she's in both Unfriended and a movie called Friend Me. Oh, okay. And Ouija. Oh, okay. Wow, she's got also like a, a niche of like, yeah. is, is Friend Me another uh, social media based horror movie? I'm not sure. I think so. <laughs> okay. That's a hell of a niche. I don't know. Uh, so we know immediately that this is the one that Noah's going to end up with because she's like, in Team Wolf language, she's the boof. You know, she's the uh, the... the cool attractive girl that he doesn't he's not paying attention to because he's so hung up on this other girl uh but you know that's not until later but i mean it's just it's so telegraphed it's very obvious um all right so uh carrie is trying to drag drive him home because he's drunk and making a fool of himself and he confesses everything to her uh, about how he feels about avery and they wind up back at the jazz club and this is where we get to meet Max. Uh, this is Noah's douchey Wall Street friend. And he's played by Andrew Batchelor, who is a Netflix original movie mainstay at this point. I was realizing, I was looking through his uh, uh, IMDb, and he was in The Babysitter. He was in Game Over Man, also with Adam Devine. He was in To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Wow. And he was on the uh, original series Easy. So uh, he's he's got a good working relationship with Netflix, apparently. Um, but, you know, yeah, good likable actor with a terrible character. This is the... Uh, sage advice giving best friend who like it's basically like 
he gives relationship advice, but because he adds the word bro at the end of every sentence, it's more manly. <laughs> like, that's a very uh, uh, long-standing trope. I don't know. So we get a couple of Rashomon-like recollections about uh, that that big night and how, like, he didn't. It didn't actually wind up being a kiss. Uh, he moved in for the kiss, but she gave him a hug at the last second because of the horror of horrors. She just wants to be friends. Oh my god, worst thing imaginable. That's when they do a bunch of shots from in his mind oh, of god. like an atom bomb being dropped, a people in war running away from something terrible. Um, other footage from <laughs> wars that and made me other think of uh, did you ever watch the critic the old john lovitz animated show oh okay i there's a there's a moment uh, in that where they they go back and they find his old student film and uh that's basically what it is it's just a bunch of stock footage of like explosions and war and stuff so that, i don't know that's where my mind went with that i'm like okay <laughs> they do get uh one pretty good laugh out of me because she he imagines uh Avery meeting Ethan the next day. She's at the grocery store shopping for cookie crisp and uh, she can't reach the top shelf. And then Ethan comes in and he's shirtless and he's got the body of a Pegasus. Uh, and he's uh, get, fetching the cookie crisp for her. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's like, like I don't know that, that one got kind of a laugh out of me just because it was such a dumb sight gag. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the two or three times I laughed. Mm-hmm. There's like, two physical gags that i laughed at yeah yeah i had one mother laugh uh, later on but yeah it's uh i i I think this was the point when i realized that like oh shit this is a friend zone movie this is a movie all about a man trying to escape the friend zone and immediately when that happens i'm like okay i'm rooting against you i don't you're you're this mewling little whiny bitch (laughs) and we're supposed to think of you as the sympathetic every oh i'm sorry can i swear on the show oh yeah i'm gonna mark it as explicit don't Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like, uh, all right, you're you're just this little creep, and I'm not going to be able to uh, get behind your struggle at all, you know, like because you're just trying to like subvert a friendship, you know. Yeah. And I don't know that that's that's it, a trope that really drives me crazy. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be based on the trailer for this movie, um, mm. but it. It's, it's still not great <laughs> just yeah. it's like three years of him pining after this girl and yeah. you don't get a sense of what like those three years are like because whenever he goes back in time he just skips those years and then he pops forward um to see where that would take him um so we don't know if he's like constantly trying to like convince her yeah it seems that like she's like He's been with Ethan this whole time and, like, doesn't know that he has feeling for, feelings for her. I, I made the so, same like, note. It's I don't like, know how, like, often they even see each other. <laughs> right. I kept thinking, like, how did this friendship develop? Because clearly he's just been, like, lurking in the corner, like, creeping on them the entire time and just, like, being miserable. It's like, who would invite him to stuff? Like, what? how did this develop? Because it doesn't seem like they're actually very close. Like, why is he still being invited to stuff? Yeah, but it almost make more sense if, like, he was the brother of one of her friends instead of, like, he was the friend group. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't just them two met one time, decided to be friends forever, and this entire time 
he's like not made a move but has also like decided to be like really close friends with her just in case anything happened <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know I don't know. There, there could be some way to work this out, but it's like right now. Yeah, I kept, I kept focusing on those missing three years, like you did, and it's just like, all right, well, what, what happened in here? How do we? I don't know, because it seems like in his mind, the only night that exists and matters in their whole relationship is that first night that they met. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, so there, I had this part I noted because I thought this was a really ridiculous, just like from a staging perspective, uh, his reason for getting to the photo booth. He's drunk in the bar. Max picks him up, moves him over to the photo booth, and then says, I got to go call a cab. And I'm just like, why did you move him over? He was already sitting. <laughs> he was sitting. What, but there was no better like impetus for getting him over to that photo booth except like move him from one chair to another chair so you could call a cab. Yeah. I don't know. That... There's, there's no reason for that other than he needs to be in the photo booth wishing he could go back in time yeah because it's a magical photo booth <laughs> which oh god don't get me started on magical photo booths oh god this <laughs> irritates every me. time i saw a magical photo booth <laughs> oh god so yeah he drunkenly drops a quarter in there and he's like slurring about how if he could do that all over again uh blah 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 and then he wakes up the next day and it's 2014 and it's that fact doesn't fully sink in with him until he gets to a convenience store and the clerk tells him that Blueberry Red Bull does not exist. And he explains this with a one shot of him turning a can of Red Bull, st like the label, straight at the camera. And then we get echo shots of like, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, how much did Red Bull pay to be in this movie? This is like some of the most blatant product placement I've seen in a long time. Like there's an actual shot that looks like it could be from a commercial. Oh, yeah. The thing that's crazy about this whole scene, too, is, like, he wakes up, and I guess he's lived in the same place for three years, which, fine. He's driving the same car, which, okay. Yeah. He goes to a convenience store. Everything looks the same. The only thing that's weird to him is that people are dressing up for Halloween, and he thinks it's November 1st, I guess. Yeah. Like, why, <laughs> I mean, yeah, why would that be weird? Like, it's still school. Like, kids might, you know, be, I, I think... Yeah, if you'd woken up in, like, July or something, it would have made yeah, more sense. Yeah, that would have definitely been weird. In any case, he goes to a convenience store, and then the newspapers have the date on them, and the date is three years in the past. And it's like, really? We're still using newspapers? Yeah, God, that's, that's like a Back to the Future trip, yeah. Like, any time you travel back in time, you're like, wait a minute, that newspaper says it's three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and to your like, point even of... Even now? Even now we have to use newspapers? Yeah, I mean, to your point about the uh, apartment, like, yeah, like, I'm with you. I could buy that he stayed in the same apartment. I could buy that he stayed in the same car. I do not buy that he had the same iPhone. Like, right. Like, he would have updated his phone, and he would have noticed the difference at this point. Like, is he still using an iPhone 2? Like, no. Yeah. I don't or know. Or even if you look, like, in the closet, your closet doesn't look any different. You haven't bought anything new in the past Yeah, he hasn't years. gained or lost weight or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know. So he, he Noah's running enough. around at this point. He's acting crazy. And he, he runs into Max uh, in his office. And Max isn't the vice president yet. He's uh, just kind of a low-level peon getting yelled at by some guy with no chin. And uh, he manages to jump up the ranks really quick. In real three quick. years, he becomes vice president. Yeah. How old is he supposed to be? What, like 33? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, all of these people are like... I don't know. They, they look like they can kind of play any age. They're like those, uh, 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 what am I thinking of? Like 
Beverly Hills 90210 teenagers, you know, that are... Oh, sure. They're clearly in their 30s, but, like, yeah, I could buy them as being young, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what age they're supposed to be. I'm just saying, even if he's, like, 36, that's still really young to be a VP of a company. It is. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. <laughs> and he did it in three years? No, good, good on him. I mean, that's impressive. Uh, so... He runs into Carrie. They go out in the park and they run into Carrie, who is uh, shooting a vampire-themed wedding. Uh, and uh, I don't know. So he starts, like, harassing her and, like, talking about, like, hey, I know you. You're Avery's friend, blah, blah, blah. Starts acting crazy. And that's when he realizes that he is back in time, a fact that he punctuates by running down the street singing back in time from Back to the Future. Um and uh, he decides that uh, he's going to try again. He's going to go to this party and he's going to be more impressive and more suave or whatever. So he dresses like James Bond and uh, he's going to go impress her that way. So mostly this entails him asking like he. OK, so he goes to the party. The, the same beats happen every time they go to the party, like a drunk guy dressed like the Hulk runs into her and spills a drink on her outfit. And he kind of that's that's their opening to talk. So this time when that happens, uh, he swoops her into like a dip, you know, like a, like a dashing kind of dip thing and uh, uh, tries to save her. Like they were dancing or something. Yeah. And he wants to show like how much he knows about her and like how much they have in common by like asking her questions and then answering the question before she can finish talking, which I'm sure you can uh, vouch for. Women love that. <laughs> they love being constantly interrupted and told what they think. Yeah, it make it made no sense when he would do that. It was just to be like, oh, we're so alike. I like the same drink you do, which is grape juice and vodka and yeah, cherries. And it's that like sounds horrible. Yeah, why would you drink bitter that? Bitter and terrible. And like, <laughs> but like she's like, wow, that's what I like to drink. And then like he's like, I'm assuming you like jazz and that guy over there is really into sea turtles and it's like why lie about this yeah does it make you seem cool like no <laughs> yeah what what i mean i don't know clearly like i don't know she liked him well enough to spend an evening with him the first time i don't know why he's mixing up this part of the evening like why is he this was not this part of the evening was not the problem you know, I don't know. I don't know when it went wrong, but I don't know. He's, he keeps trying to do all that. Like, he takes her back to the jazz club, and he starts playing some Count Basie while reciting Count Basie's Wikipedia page. Uh, and the thing that kept, like, creeping on me was, like, he kept pestering her all night, just saying, oh, this night's going well, right? Isn't this night going well? Isn't this night's going well? And then, like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's... If you were on a date with somebody and they kept saying that, like, oh, this date's going well, right? 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 This date's going well? Like... They would never make it back to your house. They would never. You, you wouldn't be seeing them again. It's like, no, come on, you're being creepy. Yeah, you're being too much, and you're making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Also, when he's like going through all the facts that he knows about the musician, it just sounds like so much like that typical mansplaining stuff. It's oh, not God. like I'm really excited about a thing and I want to share it with you. It just sounds like I'm cool for knowing things, and it's like, yeah. I don't care what you know. Like, if you were just, like, enthusiastic, that's one thing. But it does sound like you're lecturing me, and I don't like yeah. you lecturing me. Like, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? That's that's no fun for anybody. No. And it's, I don't know. Uh, so they do make it back to her place, and he just kind of, like, forces a kiss on her, which is, like, awkward. Mm. And uh, then Carrie comes back in, 
and uh, she recognizes him as like the crazy guy from the park, and they rightfully assume that he's stalking them, and uh, so they she hits him with a plant. Uh, she beats him in the face with a padded plant, a potted plant, and uh, they just kick the crap out of him. And there's some fun rape jokes in there where, uh, yeah, they're they're yelling about stuff like that. Uh, and then he wakes back up. I and... did laugh at the second time they hit him in the head with the plant. That was good. That was good. Yeah, because they he wakes up uh, in back in present day, and now of course he and Avery aren't friends anymore because he went back and he altered history. Uh, so they're not friends. He shows up uh, at Ethan's house to apologize for being drunk and she recognizes him as the guy who used to stalk her and immediately pepper sprays him and Carrie hits him with the plant again. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, and they just kind of beat the crap out of him for a long time until he fakes a bomb threat. It says he has a bomb on him and then runs away. Uh, so that's horrible. <laughs> um, so he figures out what's going on and he rushes back to the photo booth and uh, I didn't appreciate this part because uh, there's uh, some teenagers making out in there. And he, he says, uh, like, what, what do you drive? And he says, oh, an Impreza. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a sick whip. And that made me laugh just because uh, I used to drive an Impreza. So uh, <laughs> it, is, it is not that. Um, okay, so, yeah, this is this is where Max is. He goes back again and he's going to try again. And this is where Max's role as a supportive best friend who gives relationship advice with bro at the end begins to emerge. He, uh, he loans Noah some clothes. And he teaches him how to talk to women as if they were things, <laughs> which women love, obviously. Uh, he spews a bunch of stuff about nagging and how to be an asshole. And uh, Noah really takes this to heart because he goes in and uh, he bumps into Avery. And first thing he does is call her a transphobic slur. And I'm just yeah, thinking, that this is really... fucking 2018. Yeah. You did not drop the T word in this movie. Like, that is gross. That is completely... Uh, that's unacceptable and really stupid it was so So. shocking to me i like i just kind of sat there and like blinked a few times like did that just happen because it happened so quickly too and they just move on like that didn't just happen that's not a big deal and i was like yeah did that happen in the movie set in 2014 and like no one's gonna call it out or say anything about it like we're just gonna be like oh that's funny haha let's move on you know like what yeah you you what is happening in this movie you hear that in movies 10 years ago and it kind of makes you cringe a little bit but it's like all right you know it was we weren't having the cultural conversation about this as much yet like it you know it's it's a live and learn kind of moment but this movie is new this movie just came out like what what are we still doing this i don't know and maybe it's just to really emphasize that he's being like a douchebag in this, but like it's the horrible thing about it is all this works. Like he insults her. He uh, uh, is just like really rude and mean to her, it follows her when she tries to leave. And then she pushes him in the pool and he pulls her in the pool and they, they start going at it. And then we fast forward to 2017 and he's in bed with Avery and he's got these frosted tips and like kind of big Jersey shore hair going on. And uh, he's, hooking up with Avery but she clearly hates him she's like this he's like the hate bang or whatever like when she when she's feeling bad about herself she'll call him up um and all of her friends hate him and everything and she's still friends with Ethan uh who's clearly like in love with her and this is the other part that kind of made me laugh is that uh they all decide to go running in the park but all Noah has is his leather pants and just the concept for me of running in leather pants <laughs> as as someone like I run fairly regularly and like uh, that sounds nightmarish. Yeah, that would be a lot of chafing, a lot yeah. of sweating. 
and uh, obviously it doesn't go very well, uh, but he wants to one-up Ethan, so he starts saying, oh, let's jump over this, and they're like, okay, let's keeping up with each other, and we'll go between pillars, and we'll, like, go over this little low-lying branch, and we'll jump over this, that, and the other, and that produced the only other laugh that I ever had in this movie when he trips over a picnic table and uh, face plants. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was a good pratfall. It was a good pratfall, I'll give it that. So uh, Ethan and uh, Avery break off from there, and that gives Noah and Carrie time to go bond over some coffee. And this is where he decides to make all of the subtext about her career as a wedding photographer into text by saying it out loud. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, so she's she doesn't know how to experience love because she puts a, a mask between she puts a barrier between herself and real love. And I'm like, oh, shut up already. Uh, so uh, also, I mean, we know that she's caustic but there's nothing necessarily to suggest that she has problems with relationships not really she's just like we don't know her much better though than the fact that she takes photographs yeah and really she's just caustic to this one guy who deserves it you know (laughs) like like, yeah i i would be mean to this guy he's a dick yeah absolutely uh so they're they're bonding over coffee and uh he she kind of reveals that what what Avery is looking for is like kind of a down to earth family man, like with a good job. And she wants to have the whole white picket fence life. And he does another thing that drives me crazy in movies. He just like leaves. He doesn't drink his coffee. He just like leaves the rest. He gets a little personal revelation and just abandons his friend and his coffee. I'm like, no, don't that, that irritates me. That's like, that's, that's one of those little things in movies. Like when uh, you go to pay and you just slap down any amount on the counter and then walk away without getting your change. Like whatever you have is automatically perfect. Yeah, don't do that. Um, just hang up in the middle of a conversation and don't say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, this time he, he goes back and he's going to try doing the whole uh, goody-goody family man thing. So he goes back to the party and he's just, like, being super nurturing and, like, uh, complimentary to everybody. Like, the the guy dressed like Angus Young from Macy DC gives him a compliment and he's taking care of Drunk Hulk and making sure he's feeling okay. And he's wearing like a, what is it? It's like a onesie with an American flag on it. With a flag on it, yeah. Yeah, because he's the American dream. And again, he's just being like real pushy about everything. about And, and about like how perfect he is and how well this date's going. He's just being real pushy about it. Uh, but he gets a job at Max's company. And, uh, you know, because, oh yeah, that's another thing that they forgot to mention about him. It's like that he, he was a business school dropout. Like, because he started playing piano in the jazz club, and he just realized that was his calling, and uh, he he dropped out of uh, business school. So he has those skills. Uh, So we flash forward, and, uh, you know, he wakes up in this big bed in this big house, and, like, he's he's put on a little bit of weight, but that's the only thing, like, bad that he's noticing so far. Um, He's engaged to Avery. Uh, He lives in a mansion. Everything's to be great. Except uh, he's a workaholic now, and he's got multiple phones that are ringing all the time, and he never has any time for... Oh, I just put that together, that he's a workaholic from the TV show Workaholics. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Um, yes. And so he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's getting ahead of the company, and he realizes he lear- he knows Mandarin, like he can- and uh, he's speaking to the corporate execs. Uh, we also learn that he screwed Max over uh, to get ahead in this job. Like, uh, Max was up for this promotion, and he kind of sniped him. And uh, he doesn't know how to play piano anymore. So he's lost that artsy side of himself. You know, he's losing his soul to be a corporate shill, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's super heavy-handed, and it's weird because we know that Max is, like, disappointed that he doesn't have the VP position, but presumably there's only one VP of this particular department, so... Yeah. If you both have been working there for three years, it really could have gone either way, right? And also, what the hell does this company do? Because, uh, they, uh, like, Noah legit lives in a mansion. Like, it is right? a huge manor like how well did they pay like lower level vice presidents at this company wait he only just became vice president too so what was he yeah. doing right before then yeah god what was he doing before you got yeah that's ridiculous i don't know i thought there was gonna be some twist like i don't know this was uh, uh her parents money or something sure. like that I, yeah. I don't know what to expect from that so uh, they're at the engage. They have an engagement party, and Ethan is now the guy who's drinking too much and uh, throwing up in the bathroom because uh, he's in love with Avery. And uh, so Noah makes a big show of making out with Avery in front of Ethan and making eye contact with him because he's a fucking creep and I hate <laughs> him. That whole, I mean, before we even see Ethan throwing up the whole scene where he's trying to remember how to play the piano and is constantly asking people where's Avery where's Avery yeah it like feels almost like a dream sequence because like no one gets any lines everyone just looks surprised like yeah. he's speaking some other language that they don't understand it's yeah so or like bizarre. it's stock it's like footage from another should, movie it's yeah it's like <laughs> someone should say someone like oh I don't know where she is I think she went upstairs and like some muttering between people or something nothing everyone's just silent and horrified that he doesn't know how to play piano and like yeah who cares <laughs> like why are you horrified it's one thing to be slightly embarrassed for him or to be like kind of laugh at him for not being good at it but like yeah. they seem genuinely like disturbed it was like am i missing something what happened that is kind of a nightmarish thing too of just like going up for a piano recital or something and realizing you don't know how to play piano I yeah mean, yeah that'd be scary yeah this is the moment that he finally realizes that like Avery doesn't love him and never will like because he's got the situation is all perfect it's all there and she's gonna stick it out because she's nice but uh, uh, it's just not there's no connection there so he has another uh, heart to heart with Carrie because this movie thinks we're stupid and we don't know where it's going um, he, he decides he's gonna do the right thing uh, and I think this is like really sudden that he just kind of gets over this. Like this girl he's been obsessed with for three years and all of a sudden he's just like over it. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed kind of abrupt to me. I don't know. I guess he tried what this is the third time. Uh, yes. Yeah. Third time. So I think he realizes I could literally go back in time over and over yeah. and over again for the rest of my life. And, like, even when it turns out well, she doesn't love me. So what's the point of yeah. this? I mean, so he, he decides he's going to go back and do the right thing and uh, set up Ethan and Avery, like, a day early. Uh, so this is where, like, he, they bump into it. He arranges a little meet-cute, and he bumps into Avery. And this is where she reveals that she's never actually seen a league of their own. And I feel like that's the moment that he decides he's over her. Uh, and that's really irritating to me. <laughs> it's supposed to be like, oh, we had so much in common because, like, I thought she loved the movie League of Their Own. And I thought that she really loved jazz because she came yeah. to it in a pure way rather than being introduced to it by a friend. And it's like, 
most of the time you get introduced to things by your yeah. friends like sometimes you'll be like i really like this director or actor let me see what else they've done so yeah. like that's your own initiative but a lot of times it'll be like oh i had a friend tell me that this was good so i gave it a try and it turns out i liked it too right exactly i mean yeah but and then it, they're like kind of casting her as as a basic bitch and like her friend is the cool one and that's who he should be with the cool one who actually likes jazz yeah it seems like are, are these the two <laughs> things that he liked about her is just that she likes a league of their own and she likes jazz like these are the two traits because when he realizes that both of these traits came from carrie all of a sudden he's like oh wow it was carrie i was supposed to be with all along like he has a very narrow scope for what he looks for in women <laughs> like it it would make sense if he had like a crush on her for like a week or two and was like, oh, well, maybe I should go with, with somebody else. But like he's been pining after this girl for three years and he spent all this time with her in the past three years and didn't discover anything more about her personality or anything. Yeah. That attracted him. Like nothing. <laughs> what? It's yeah, just he just was not paying night. attention, you know. I mean, okay, so he, he realizes that Carrie's the one he wants to be with. So he spends the whole night like macking on her and they really hit it off. And then, uh, but when they wake up in three years, uh, she's gone and he's fallen out of contact with her. Like he doesn't know, uh, what's happened to her really. Uh, but he, uh, heads to her house like a weirdo and, uh, realizes that he's in love with her. And I, I don't know, for some reason, this really stuck out to me. Like the, the smoky eye makeup look that she had going on was like perfect. I don't know. I don't know why that <laughs> stuck out to me. I'm just like, wow, she really nailed that. It's not something I normally notice, but I'm like, all right, you're pulling that off, girl. Um, Shout so, out to the makeup department. Yeah, you know, they did that well. Uh, so she rebukes him because, of course, she would. Uh, and he tries to use the photo booth again. Uh, okay, so but he, he does convince her. He plants like the little seed of doubt that like maybe they'd be good together. She winds up with this guy that she was making out with at the party, I the think, Jello shot doctor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who was her ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah, it was her ex-boyfriend, yeah, yeah. And she kind of, like, relapsed back into that relationship. And then, like, when uh, Noah shows up at her door a little later, he's like, well, are you happy? All right, so he he realizes that Carrie is the one he wants all along. I feel like he has this revelation twice in a row. Like, I don't know if they just forgot that they already revealed that, but (laughs) then they went back and did it again. Uh, So I don't know why they did that. Uh, And... uh, yeah, so we he just goes back and he does okay, so he he Oh yeah, that's the other thing. Avery and Ethan bought him the uh photo booth because they're all such good friends now and like they wanted to give him like a gesture. So they bought the photo booth and it's in his apartment now. Um so he So there's goes, like a false alarm when he goes to the bar and it's not there anymore and he's like, right. oh, no, I won't be able to go back, I'll have to live with the situation and you're like okay cool you're just gonna have to like make do like a normal person yeah exactly (laughs) instead of time traveling and then it's like no actually you totally have that photo booth in your house and you get to go back one last time yeah exactly uh so he 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 goes back and this time he's just gonna do everything exactly the way he did it the first time uh except this time he's gonna go through and he's going to be a good friend and he's going to appreciate the time he has with these people that are very nice and uh just wait and be patient and uh then when he finally meets carrie again at this engagement party then he's gonna ask her out again and they're gonna they're gonna try and hit it off and uh she gets the cringiest line in the entire movie uh when he 
asks her like if he uh, if she wants to go or like she says or he asks if he she likes jazz and she says are you kidding me i am jazz <laughs> and now on tlc yes <laughs> and i'm just like okay you know you you never ever ever get to complain about la la land again after that line <laughs> the fact that this exists in the world you do not no one gets to complain about that movie ever again uh, so yeah, the I movie ends with an just... adorable little photo montage of Carrie and Noah, uh, happily ever after. Um, and, uh, yeah, it sucked. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't tell what the movie was trying to say, if anything. No. I guess it's just like, time travel wouldn't really help you stop rehashing things in your mind. Just live your life, I guess? Yeah, or it's... I, I, I mean, I feel like the message should be be less of a creep, but like I don't think that's really the message. And I know it's supposed to be a magical realism thing, like a, a, a dumbass plot point, but and it's not really meant to be scrutinized, but like, what is to stop people from just, from anybody from just constantly messing with the space-time continuum with this photo booth? Like, is he really the first person to ever use this big, antique-looking photo booth in this popular club? Like... What what's what's stopping anybody from doing this all the time? Like, is it I mean, only work maybe, for him? Maybe everyone's doing it all the time. We just don't know. Oh God! And there's going to be a whole cinematic universe about this stupid photo booth. That's horrifying. Yeah, and uh, one second we met, one third we met. <laughs> <laughs> it's a franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like, what? I mean, if I were to go over to his house or something and see this big antique photo booth and it works, like. You'd probably want to go in there, right? You know, if your friend your friends come over and it's like, okay, what's to stop anybody from just undoing their entire relationship and destroying the world, you know? So I don't know. I think it's just because he's a, it's too much power for anyone. It's to have. too much power for one workaholic to possess. He should destroy it. That's how the movie should end. It's probably one of the Infinity Gems or something like. I don't know. <laughs> That's the big reveal. It'd be really hard to wear. Yeah. A photo booth on your hand, though. Nice. Yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know. That's the movie. Yep. So <laughs> there are two scales to judging a movie by. The first is quality, one to five stars. And the second is mockability or something is really funny. Unintentionally, it gets five of whatever it is that you're using in the second uh, scale. So Okay. Uh, for this, I guess it could be photo booths Okay. the mockability scale. <laughs> How many stars would you give this movie? Okay. Uh, I mean, I feel like this is a one star movie. Uh, honestly, it's, it's competently shot, I guess I could say that. I mean, it, it looks bland and like professional, but, uh, yeah, the characters have no personality. Like the, the plot contrivances are really stupid and like, the movie just feels yucky for most of it. It's just like the character choices and the different things like that. I don't know. I, I, I did not like this movie at all. Uh, for mockability, I mean, I'd say it's probably worth about three or four photo booths. I mean, I feel like you can make fun of this. Like, I don't know. Well, maybe even less. Maybe like a three. I'll go with a three photo booths because it's, like I said, it's not inept. It's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, if that I makes agree. sense. Uh it's very, you know, glossy looking. Yeah. I felt like a professional group of people made this movie. 
Yeah. Um, and... Ari Sandel is actually an Oscar winner. Like he he won uh, for like best live action short film back in two thousand five. So like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. 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 There's nothing about this movie where you're like that is weird, except for the one scene where they're like everyone looks like horrified at him and no one says anything. Yeah. Um. I don't think that quite worked, but no. I mean, it's fine. Uh, the story is the same type of story you've seen before. And because of that, the whole first hour of the movie is really boring because you're just seeing the same wake up, do the same thing kind yeah. of movie that you've seen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing new there. All the characters are really bland. The only interesting thing about them is that they like jazz and it's really irritating more than it is fun um yeah so yeah i guess i'd give it like three stars or maybe two and a half i don't know um in terms of mockability besides the line i am jazz and that one scene where like he can't play the piano i only laughed at him doing the pratfall and him getting like hit in the face and like i was supposed to those were supposed to be funny so Mm. it's not super mockable either it's mostly just dull and so i'd give it like one photo booth i think yeah yeah okay okay that's fair well thank you so much for suffering through this movie (laughs) well thank you for having me it was Um, a lot of fun do you have anything you'd like to plug Absolutely. Um, so I uh, host a podcast called Ultra 64. Um, basic elevator pitch for that is that I actually own every Nintendo 64 game. I have a complete collection. And each week, my friend and I pick a different one at random, and we play through it for about an hour, and then we talk about it. Uh, so we are coming up. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm not sure when this one's airing, but we, we're coming up on our 50th episode, uh, which is very exciting. And we've played games like... Um, Mario Party and uh, Donkey Kong 64 and then just like a couple of weird fighting games and I don't know we, we've been having a lot of fun with it um, and we've still got so many more coming up we've still got Mario 64 ahead of us we've still got GoldenEye ahead of us so um, if you uh, like video games or uh, even if you don't like video games give us a listen Ultra 64 and you can find us at Ultra64podcast.com awesome um, are you on Twitter yeah. at all? I am, yeah. The, at Ultra Sixty Four Podcast uh, is my Twitter handle. Uh, that's pretty much where I'm doing all my stuff. Great. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. It was fun. Um, we will be back uh, next month, and if I have uh, the brain capacity to remember, I want to at least release two things in October. Then perhaps you'll get something in a couple weeks. <laughs> if not, you'll get it in a month. There we go. Uh, you can follow the show at NABM Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We would really like it if you'd rate and review. That always helps the show. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.